walked by and said, no, I'm dead. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rockets, 535, and Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel. On Rock 102, Steve is out today, and boy, what a surprise that Marty Caproni would be uh, stepping in today. I'm uh, excited to be here. I haven't done this uh, 5.30 in the morning thing in a while. Well, today and tomorrow, and then on Wednesday, you can sleep in. That'll uh, that'll be my goal. Unless you've got something to promote on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, what, whatever could that be? Whatever the <laughs> could that be? Can't even imagine. <laughs> hey, if you're listening on the uh, the podcast, don't forget uh, the podcast is brought to you by Marcott Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcott Ford in uh, in Holyoke. And by the way, uh, maybe some early snow this morning, but then becoming sunny later today with a high of 36. It's about, I don't know. 26 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Balmy. I think that's a little personal, don't you? <laughs> should get it's a little early, I should get early for that, don't you think? <laughs> I should get some powder for that. <laughs> it's 535. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 555 in the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Marty Caproni is sitting in uh, for the next couple of days. Steve is off uh, today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Wednesday. There's a chance of some early snow today about the, until about, I don't know, 6.45, 7 o'clock, then becoming sunny throughout the rest of the day in a high of 36. It's about 26 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Glad oh. you're sitting in. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy this is good to come in and not have the pressure to just try to shill the uh, Thursday comedy show <laughs> now as you fast sh- as I now can. Now you can shill anything you want. Yeah, I can shill it nice and relaxed over the course of hours. Yeah, you know, uh, much <laughs> you better. Don't feel like your 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 back is against the walls. Like yeah. I got to get as much of this into the next forty five <laughs> minutes as I can possibly squeeze. <laughs> you know, when people are always like, uh, they're like, "Geez, it's, it's all you talk about when you go on there." It's like, well, if you just buy your tickets, I wouldn't have to talk about it. How about that? <laughs> if we, if I could just sell it yeah. out without the effort. You think I feel like getting up on uh, Thursday morning and coming in here and doing that when I'm going to be doing the show and breaking down the sound and everything a- else? Love it at night. I don't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to, to, to come here and talk about nothing to have to promote. <laughs> well, I mean, you have stuff to promote, but it's not uh, it's not direct beneficial to you. Um, no, not not uh, not directly. Yes, not directly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scott Cohen is out today, Aww. so uh, yeah, we're not going to have him to kick around. So there's so there's that. Um, I'm probably not going to have uh, weather with uh, Dan Brown today. So. Oh. I'm doing. A, I'm wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, you. This is heavy lifting day for you. you yeah, the, it is. You got the new the new guy sitting next to you at the, on the ship uh, who can't work any of the controls, and uh, and you have no one else to to lean on. Actually, maybe we should try that. What? We should have you come around here and play with the. Oh, buttons. that'd be fun. That, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? You think you guys hear a lot of Tom Petty now? <laughs> <laughs> I hit the I hit the Tom Petty button, and the next thing you know, it's, it's a rock block of it's, Tom Petty for the next four hours. <laughs> it's five fifty-seven with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock One Hundred Two. It's just and now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, when I tell you that last night's NBA All-Star Game was the highest scoring midseason classic of all time, you might come to the conclusion that it must have been one hell of a game filled with explosive excitement and festooned with wall-to-wall thrills. I mean, with the Eastern Conference outscoring the Western Conference All-Stars 211 to 186, it's easy to think you might have missed out on something really spectacular. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but even after a game in which 397 points were scored, 
163 of which were shot behind the three-point line. That game had to be one of the most boring displays of total nonsense in NBA history. Listen, it's always great to see Jalen Brown drop 36 points in the game. It's also good to see Jason Tatum back him up with 20 points of his own. But that's really the only fun uh, part of it. And the only... Uh, it's in, and it, uh, it would be a whole lot better if there was some level of enthusiasm played last night, too. Last night, what you have was 24 NBA players trying to avoid getting hurt, not playing at any level of discernible defense, and not having any incentive to play any level of with overt competitiveness. In other words, it was awful. At least the East showed something that looked like a pulse beating the West by 25 points and what in any other situation might have been seen as a blowout. But with the NBA All-Star game, it only proves that other than Clark, uh, Clark Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves, who drained 50 largely uncontested points, the West had even less desire to be playing last night. And if that's the case, a 25-point loss isn't really a blowout. It's simply an obligation to be present. Listen, I understand these NBA players could really use a break during halfway during their very draining 82-game schedule. But is that any excuse to aggressively punish basketball fans with a glossy display of non-consequential and thoroughly apathetic basketball? I've, uh, I've always said nice things about you, and now after giving it one more shot, I feel like I was the one who was being punished. And I didn't have a whole lot of expectations going in. And yet, somehow, the NBA is under the delusion that that's what the fans want. And as a fan, I gotta tell you, it's really not. But hey, enough of my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get a Craftsman fold-up hex key, set seven bucks. Get a Craftsman hammer or a Craftsman tool bag, seven bucks. It's a seven buck Craftsman sale at Rocky's. Hand tools and accessories, seven buck bargains now at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. on Wednesday. Marty Caproni is uh, sitting in. Good to have you. It's good to be here. Uh, uh, I just uh, looked over and there's a big sign that says uh, text the Route 10 tire listener line. Yeah, you're at, uh, you're anxious for that, aren't you? At 293-1021. <laughs> I, uh, I got the screen open now so I could see the text come in and uh, nothing's come in yet. <laughs> nothing, nothing yet. But you know what? The, the moment you tell everybody that uh, the Route 10 tire listener line is available and ready to use at 413-293-1021, that's the very moment they're going to start using it. Although, it's a holiday. That's true. So you know, there's a lot of people that won't be waking up for it. So if we screw up the show, today's the day to do it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a tree falling in the woods. Does yeah, anyone even know? This, if you're going to bury this thing, today is the day to do it. Today is t- today's President's Day? Is that what this is? Isn't it? I think it is. I yeah. think it is. It could be. Every, all the kids are on February vacation. So this is, this is the week where no one's doing a whole hell of a lot. Except got, for fun stuff. I got to be honest, you know, I got so comfortable coming into uh, the studio, you know, at seven o'clock or whatever time I leave my house. But uh, this morning I leave <laughs> less than half the time it normally takes me to get here because not one school bus, nobody's on the road. It's just clear sailing yeah, the whole way here. Yeah. You own the roads. Yeah, it was awesome. The best <laughs> thing about it. You're, um, you've, you've done a lot of jobs other than this, a right? A ton. A ton. Remember the uh, like the lowest amount of money you ever made? Uh yes, I do. I could tell you. Uh over over the table. Um under the table was having a paper route at the age of nine. Okay. Where my buddy and I would uh whack up about twenty dollars a week. Nice. On a good week, twenty four dollars. If we if we 
got everyone to pay us. Remember when you were a paper boy, you had to go collect from the house. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then you'd have these people that would well, dodge I, I, you. I, I say that like I know, like, but I have no idea. Oh, you okay? So when you're a paper boy back in the old days, for the kids that are under thirty. Uh, a newspaper is the uh, internet that they deliver to your door, uh, basically, right? So it, it's your Mass Live app, but on your doorstep. Uh, so I used to deliver for the Springfield Republican or the Union News, because back then there was two different two, two, two papers, papers yeah. right? And uh, so you do the Sunday paper and you do the the weekday paper. And I mean, it was not fun during, I remember in the winter, us putting the newspapers in sleds and like two Alaskan sled dogs towing the sled behind us as we went out in the neighborhood and delivered the newspapers. And then you also were responsible for collections. So the newspaper people would give you the papers Mm -hmm. and you'd have a running tab with them. And then at the end of the week, you collect from the people and you give that back. But the people who would dodge you, you'd have people that would dodge you for three, four or five weeks. Now you're a kid. You're nine years old. And someone's into you for uh, twelve dollars. So like, you didn't uh, you didn't show off any muscle, any kind of like uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. What's your threat? You show up. Listen, Mister. This is the last time I'm going to ask you. <laughs> uh, but, but you you know you would have to. <laughs> you're like you're like a nine year old Polly Walnut yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to show up a little bit of muscle. It's really what it became because I remember like distinctly. Like driving on your bike in the neighborhood and your buddies would be like, let's go get ice cream later. You know, you go get one of those hoodsy cups for a quarter or 50 cents. And and we would literally be like, uh, yeah, you know who owes me money? Uh, these people over here. I almost said the name. Uh, I still remember the name of the people who didn't pay. And I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to stop by. And see, so if you saw the guy like outside, like watering his lawn or whatever, you just pull up and be like, hi, sir, I need that. And they'd be like, ah, oh, they do the pat the pockets thing. I got going nothing. I don't. I'll wait. <laughs> it was. It was like you're a little collector for the mob. So, so it would the, be most unfortunate <laughs> if you were to fall down several times in this backyard while I'm beating you with a tire iron. <laughs> so yeah, you you put the paper. They used to give you a paper bag that you'd have this canvas bag. You right. Put it over their head like a CIA op. <laughs> drag them in the backyard. It's their you're waterboarding people <laughs> for, for lost wages <laughs> on paper. You water your lawn, huh? <laughs> I'll pay. I'll pay. <laughs> yeah so so that was uh that was the lowest pay but uh officially um my buddy uh jeff wyzinski and i though he's he's a insanely successful architect now in uh connecticut he runs a firm called tecton associates in connecticut. they're a huge firm um we our first job was working at the sous chalet which is now the motel six right at the top of burnett row when you come down 291 oh, yeah, yeah. So when it was the Sioux Chalet one summer, the manager, Stan, he, he wanted it painted. And it was uh, the only way to describe this would be uh, crap brown would be the color that okay. was Sioux Chalet brown. And so for a whole summer, I worked under the table. He paid me, I think it was three seventy five dollars an hour. No, it was $4 an hour for that. It was going to be three seventy five, but he liked me so much after the first day, he told me he'd pay me $4 an hour. And it was $4 an hour, and uh, I would just paint every railing crap brown. And then he wanted me to do the doors, and then he wanted me to do door frames, then he wanted us to do the sign, and, then, and my buddy would, did the maintenance part. But uh, I painted that whole thing for a summer, crap brown. Every brick, everything, you know, the whole place. And then they sold to Motel 6, and literally in one weekend, uh, just two vans pulled up, 
and these uh, Mexican American guys jump out of the van like, and then the whole thing was painted blue overnight. All my work, all my hard work was erased. That's that's a doggone shame. But I was on the books by that point, and my buddy and I were uh, the. They made us heads of maintenance at 15 years old because the maintenance guy Ed. Uh, used to just smoke weed in his office all day. <laughs> so you were the most productive guys. So we the were the most productive group. guys. So he, they fired Ed and consolidated and put the two of us in charge of maintenance, which was funny because we were in school. So they would call us up. I'm like a maybe a freshman <laughs> in high school, and they call us up like on a Thursday night at eight o'clock. We have a toilet break. I'd be telling my parents, I got to go and handle the toilet up the road. You know, drive up on your bicycle and. Handle the broken toilet. Sorry, mom and dad. I know I got homework to do, but I'm on call. Yeah, four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Well, that's four dollars. That was that was the minimum wage back then, that right? Was, that was the minimum yeah. wage. There's a uh, I don't know if you saw this story. There's a uh, there's a U.S. Senate debate about about minimum wage, and uh, this representative from California, Barbara Lee, uh, wants to see the federal minimum wage hiked up. To fifty dollars an hour. Now it's 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 currently seven twenty five nationally, but you know here in Massachusetts, what is it, fifteen, right. sixteen bucks an hour? Uh, she's saying that uh, you know basically uh, a six figure salary is barely enough to get by. Now I'll tell you what, uh, if that means we're all getting raises by the end of the year, I'm all for it because I'm feeling a little strapped right now. <laughs> I here's you know here's the thing. I told you I grew up in a union house. You yeah. know what I mean? My dad was an operating engineer uh, for uh, Local 98. Um, I was all, I'm was i all for people getting a fair wage for their work. Uh, I'm not a big fan of CEOs making 500 times what their lowest employee makes. Uh, but I got to be honest. I was originally all on board for this minimum wage thing. But I don't know if it's just me or if anyone else has noticed this. People could text in if they want. Have you noticed that since the minimum wage has gone up, customer service has literally plummeted? It doesn't even exist anymore. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So I'll give you a great example. I went to uh, I went to a a local donut shop. We'll say okay. Uh, I went to a local donut shop. My daughter asked me to pick up some muffins. You know, she was homesick from school, so she wanted a uh, she wanted a pumpkin muffin. So I pulled up and I said, "Can I get one blueberry muffin and one pumpkin muffin?" Guy says, yep, uh, pull around. I pull around. I pay him my money. Hands me the bag of the muffins. I do the uh, obligatory, I'm going to look to make sure I got what I need in my bag thing. Mm-hmm. I open it. Two chocolate muffins. Two chocolate muffins. I turn, I look at him and go, hey, buddy, uh, I ordered a pumpkin muffin and a blueberry muffin. He goes, yeah, man, we're all out. The only muffins we had left were these chocolate muffins. <laughs> well, then you don't give me just chocolate muffins. That's what you would think, yeah. right? Like maybe you're I'm allergic 50, to chocolate. You're making $15 an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, here's what I did. I took the muffins like a jerk. What'd you do that for? I should have gone I, in and asked for a refund. Because I'm dumb. I Right in front of him, I was like, okay, thanks. And I drove away and I was like, I can't. I'm in my head, I'm like, I yeah. can't. I get so mad. I pulled at the gas station. I threw the muffins into the trash at the gas station. And then I drove to the other local donut shop right down the road uh-huh. and got my muffins. So but you wasted your money. I wasted my money, but it bothered me. It was eating me up for like a day, a day and a half. I'm like, <laughs> you're making $15 an hour. Muffins or I'm just like grunting to myself, you know? So it's so like a day later. <laughs> I go to Stop and Shop. Okay. Okay. How long do you think it should take to get a half pound of cheese and a half pound of ham with one other person in line at the deli? Probably f- five minutes. 
Thank you. I, I, I said six. I was being generous. That's a six-minute transaction. 32 minutes it took me to get a half pound of cheese and a half pound of ham. What took so long? Uh, the girl at the stop and shop was literally moving in slow motion. Her hand, no one can see this on the radio, but her hand was going back <laughs> and then forth and then back. And then she does like three and then she pulls out the thing. She goes, is this sickness enough? <laughs> I was like, lady, if you think I believe that we are at the level of this customer service transaction, that my input is valuable to you, <laughs> you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? I don't care what thickness it is. Just please put it in the bag so I can get out of here. I've, I'll, I'll tell you what. Rather than a full pound, I'll just have the one slice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As I'm sitting here, the ham's going bad because you're sl- you're cutting the cheese so slow. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm fuming, you know? And then she hands me the ham first. And I look at the label. I ordered Boar's Head honey maple ham. Simple. Simple. I look at it. It says Boar's Head Tavern Ham. I don't even know what Tavern Ham is. That's yeah. not the same. You ever heard of Tavern Ham? I have not heard of Tavern yeah, Ham. See, neither had I. I did they just making up hams now. They're just making <laughs> up hams. <laughs> They're just make, they're, I've never even been in a tavern and been like, well, we're in a tavern. You got to get the ham. You know what I mean? Like, 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 what is the pig on a bar stool or something like that? Like, how? how With a big Band-Aid right. on the side. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, every time I come to this tavern, <laughs> another pound of flesh. I, I'm sitting there like, what? And she goes, it's the closest we got. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm, and just at the moment where I'm like, ah. This guy behind me goes, you think that's bad? Last week I came here and got mortadella. They gave me salami. I turn around to agree with the guy, and the first thing I see is a name tag for said donut shop. <laughs> I look up. It's the guy from the donut shop behind me in line. I went from being like, I agree, buddy, to like, who are you to talk like this about her? <laughs> it's 622 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rockwood. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 628 in Bush. <laughs> with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock 102. I'm having so much fun with this text line now. You love the you love the Route 10 tire listener line at 413-293-1021. I got to be honest. I, so I, it wasn't loading before, so I was like, is anyone even listening? And now it is just... Yeah, it blows full. up. So it's people ask me about the Thursday comedy show, which is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, what time does it start? <laughs> I know you talk day, about it. <laughs> what day is that Thursday night comedy show? Right, right. And then I got the funniest. I just got one that says, as a 33-year stop-and-shop deli clerk, thank you for the laugh, <laughs> we can't hire anyone with connected brain cells anymore. Because all, uh, all the people with the connected brain cells are working in management it's positions. A, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a strange... Uh, it's a strange validation to my story to hear it from the inside. You know, oh god, that's funny. Hey, uh, if you, this week check out uh, Maxie's musical podcast. My guest is uh, my old college friend Cheryl Pavelski. You say, oh, you're talking to people from college now? No, Cheryl is a four-time Grammy Award-winning producer and the owner of Omnivore Recording. She just won a uh, a, a Grammy for uh, this amazing box set called "Written in Their Soul: The Stacks." songwriter demos it's a project that took her 17 years to complete it's an amazing story and it's all brought to you by metro chrysler dodge jeep and ram and you'll find it on apple podcast soundcloud uh spotify and on rock 102.com i i can't even imagine 
the amount of commitment you have to have to a project to do for 17 years. This is, she has been working on this since before she started her company. And Jeez. it's just the amount of music that she had to sift through and the difficulty of it. That's what took so long. And the, how she went about this uh, is, it, it's almost impossible to, to fathom. And then she gets the Grammy at, at the end of it. And totally, it's it's an amazing box set. I mean, these are, these are demos recorded by the songwriters as these amazing hits were supposed to sound in the songwriter's head. I mean, the, talk about the ultimate validation for the effort and work that you've put. I was, I was thinking about, I don't think I've ever applied myself professionally to anything in my life for 17 years. I mean, comedy's getting close. I'm like maybe 16 years in, yeah. something like that, 15, 16 uh, I've never applied myself professionally once. <laughs> I'm still waiting to see what happens. Yeah, you might get an award. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> but how cool is it to do that? And then finally you do it, you re, you put it out, and then your peers recognize it by giving you the highest yeah. honor you can get in your industry. It actually won two Grammys. Uh, the other one was for uh, uh, album notes. And two of the songwriters uh, wrote the album notes. And it, it, it's a... It really is great. I mean, these these are songs that were recorded by uh, everybody from you know Sam and Dave to the uh, the Staple Singers to Otis Redding. I mean, I, yeah, it just the list is endless, and it's a it's a great box set. So make sure you check out that interview. You will not be disappointed. It's real good. Well, hey, uh, this news just in off the uh, Route Ten Dire text line. <laughs> Tavern Ham is smoked. <laughs> now you know. Now, now you know. That's why that pig looks a little leathery. <laughs> we got news next to Rock 102. The Maple Leaf is your favorite neighborhood bar with daily food and drink specials, Kino, 20 draft lines, live music every Thursday, even a heated patio area with TVs to catch your favorite sports with your favorite crowd. The Maple Leaf Pub, Arnold Street. Westfield. Nobody. And I mean 634 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni filling in for Steve. It's time for news and uh, here you go. Uh, Big Y announced that they have discovered card skimming devices that were inserted into several Big Y locations across Western Mass. According to Big Y, between December 19th and December 21st, uh, where everyone's going to the grocery store. Sure. Uh, it's alleged to have uh, that an unknown person placed a skimming device at the following supermarket locations. Springfield and St. James Avenue, the Chickabee Express, uh, Northampton, Ware, Southbridge, Worcester, Milford, Wilbraham's, uh, the Wilbraham Express, and Ludlow. In addition, a skimming device was placed on a single card reader at their Westfield location on East Silver Street between December 19th and January 12th. And according to Big Y spokesperson, uh, law enforcement is currently looking into the matter. You should all check your credit card information to find out whether uh, your accounts may have been uh, hacked into also. First first one you read is the Big Y I use right near my house. Yeah, well, of course. Of course. Of course. And, you know, the thing is, you, you can't, I mean, I don't blame Big Y. These no. things happen everywhere. No. And, you know, when you're putting your card into, uh, into the, the, the reader, you're not really paying a whole lot of attention to anything hanging out of it or anything that's cracked. You're just you just want to you want to complete the purchase and get the hell out of there. You have an iPhone, right? I do. Do you use the Apple Pay? N no. All right. Not often. I I made fun of the thing when it came out. I'm like, who the heck wants this stupid Apple Pay, right? But I use the Apple Pay religiously now for this very reason because it generates a different credit card number for every transaction. Right. So no one can just skim your account when you're using the Apple Pay. 
Yeah, but you know, there's a part of me, though, thinks that someone could easily break into the phone, too. I like, mean, like a, a good hacker is going to know what to do. And, if, then, and then they're going to know what kind of apps I'm using and what kind of pictures I have and get into all of my personal secrets. I mean, if they of which break, there are many, if they break into your house, then they're they're really dead. I just for the case of that, like at the big Y, though, because I just had a moment where I was like, oh, no. But I was like, I probably use my Apple Pay because that's I use it almost exclusively everywhere now because it eliminates me having to worry about that yeah. it's one stupid uh thing every time i hear a story like this like for the next week and i have to use like a I tug, I, I, the, I tug in the thing yeah, because, is this thing secure <laughs> i did at the gas station yeah. I, I pull on it like yeah, yeah yeah it's the one week you don't tug on it we realize oh, i just got i just got jacked that's what she said uh a former <laughs> yeah all right. a former long-term uh, personnel director in Aguam has pled guilty to tax fraud more than two years after federal investigators showed up at city hall with subpoenas demanding records related to the investigation colleen Her- uh herbert uh gruska accused of defrauding the federal government out of two hundred sixty-one thousand dollars through her tax preparation business she pled guilty to four counts uh of filing false tax returns in uh, u.s district court in springfield uh judge uh, mark mastriani uh, sentenced her for May 2nd or has scheduled her sentencing for May 2nd. Uh, she officially filed her, uh, her change of plea on January 12th. Uh, she and another employee who were uh, working in uh, Mayor Sapelli's office were placed on paid leave. And uh, as it turns out, uh, the other the other person's name has not been identified publicly. But uh, Ms. Gruska has uh, not paid taxes for a number of years. Uh, charged with lying on her own taxes for 2017 through 2020, claiming expenses of uh, 27000 up to or more in her tax preparation business when the actual expenses were only $350 a year. So uh, she'll, she's dealing with that, and she will be sentenced in May. This is like the second. Wasn't there the last week when I was in here, wasn't there like someone in Westfield that got uh, uh, busted for like embezzlement or something? something like that. Wow. A uh, fire destroyed the barn and farm store at the Red Fire Farm in Granby on Saturday. Efforts are being made to help the uh, re- the rebuilding process. Around uh, 1250 on Saturday, multiple 911 calls were received for reported barn fire on the Carver, Carver Street. Uh, tanker trucks from different communities were all called in. There has been a GoFundMe page set up. Uh, for the uh, for the barn and uh, several fire departments were able to uh, to uh, to help save as much as they could the farmhouse storage barns and the greenhouses from the fire the farm will continue to sell produce at winter farm farmers markets and we'll figure out a way to continue winter spring and summer csa distribution do you ever go there i have not been there so first of all i feel terrible for those people so i hope that people in that community support them um you know, it's not close, close to my house, but on my way out that way, whenever I'm going out that way, I would stop there because they did. They have good produce. They had greenhouses around there. They grow their own stuff and everything, but they never had somebody working in there. It was on the honor system. Oh, really? Yeah. So you walk in and you, you'd get your, you'd get your stuff and you'd pay with like your card or your uh, Apple pay or your, you know, whatever, <laughs> or, or there was a cash box and you put your cash if you had exact amounts. See, to me, that's like one of the most dangerous business plans there is. Yeah. Because, I mean, I may take 25 pounds of carrots and only leave a dollar in the box because <laughs> I'm cheap. Because <laughs> I don't, 
Well, what do I know what a, what a, what a, what, a, what farm raised carrots go for these days? Yeah, so you're the guy at the uh, at the auto pay uh, at the auto pay at the checkout at the at the supermarket where you're like, yeah, is this a paper towel roll or is it uh, lobster? Uh, <laughs> bleep, I don't know. I don't work here. What are you going to do? Fire me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the old Bill Burr Bill Burr bit. Oh no! What are you going to do? Suspend me? Are you going to? Uh, say, don't make me work if you don't like the way I do the job. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, in Blackstone, Mass. I don't even know even know where that is. It's in uh, Worcester County. I do know. I've done a show there. Father and son were arrested on Friday after, uh, in Blackstone after a, a gun, more than 100 grams of coke, and other alleged items were seized. Father and son. Family business. Isn't that nice? I think the most, <laughs> most my dad ever did was like uh, the Pinewood Derby. This is not exactly <laughs> the Pinewood Derby of drugs. Oh, you did the Pinewood Derby? Dude, you're looking at a two-time champion of the uh, of the uh, Pinewood Derby. Did you go to uh, did you go to regionals and then did you go to uh, states? No, nah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't go that far. Let me tell you a little. Don't uh, even talk to me. Let me let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you a little story of uh, of a young boy. Uh, you know, uh, an intrepid young boy, okay. uh, full with wonder. Uh, I was in the hospital having my appendix removed. This is very much like a. Remember the movie Rudy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very much like that. This is your Rudy story? This is my Rudy story. I'm in the hospital, okay? Emergency appendectomy, fourth grade. Okay. And I happened to go into the hospital two days before the Pinewood Derby, if you can imagine this. Okay. And, of course, you know, my dad had spent a good two and a half weeks building this car. Oh, of course. While I stood next to him the saw and watched him build it. But, you know, I was involved. I think I, I, think I put graphite in the wheels. That okay, was my, so all right. I, I was, I was uh, moderately involved. Uh, but as I'm in the hospital, uh, another kid races my car in my absence. It was like a... You know, oh, no. Yes. And as I'm uh, recovering from life-threatening appendic- you know, appendix surgery, <laughs> yeah. the first place trophy is presented to me in my hospital bed. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I know. That's I won impressive. and wasn't even there. The second year, I was there, and I kicked ass and was an obnoxious, sore winner. Just you know, <laughs> you know, shoving in everyone's face. Say, take that, bitches! <laughs> I'm the Pinewood Derby King of Rehoboth, Massachusetts. That was my, you know, my father was always busy uh, with work and his boat and all his stuff. But that was like the big bonding thing. It was the Pinewood Derby, and my father took it so serious. We'd be downstairs with the stupid block, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'd be sketching out different uh, designs. He literally, yeah. I remember one point, was blowing smoke with a hairdryer to see what how it went over the car. Oh, that's, like the that's a good effect. It's a good effect. Then we, my father worked, uh, you know, when you're a crane operator, you work all around. You know what I mean? Like he worked on the North End Bridge, the South End Bridge, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, but he worked at one point up in Pittsfield, Mass., when they were closing up the GM plant up there. Okay. So they were instructed to throw all this stuff into a hole and then encase it in cement because it was all contaminated with PCBs. My father was like, these are really great grinding wheels. This is great. We got all this lead for free. (laughs) So my father brought it home. Yeah. So we had that in my house for I don't know how long. But uh, he had the lead, and we would melt the lead, put the lead into the car, the graphite on the wheels. And we'd win. We'd go to regionals. I think one time went to states. But I remember in my in my biggest race, 
my father pushed it too far. He had ordered these wheels that were, they had little ridges on the wheels so that ah. the actual wheel didn't touch the, the wood. It was just on the ridge. And it was a very questionable legal situation whether they were legal or not. And uh, I got disqualified because of the wheel. Well, Really? They, they disqualified me to a later heat. And then my dad and I are sitting there with sandpaper rubbing the <laughs> rubbing the ridges down. And then, of course, the car was just like a wobbly mess. Yeah. And that was the end of my Pinewood Derby career. But I did have some trophies. We did go to uh, we did go to the regionals. I can't remember exactly how we did, but uh, it was it was pretty exciting. But I remember, you know, the day you got the bag. Oh, remember the, the day you got yep. the bag because yep. it all came in a paper oh, bag. Yeah. I think I went to my dad. It was he was in a darkened room. You know, like. <laughs> Just you know, like uh, maybe maybe candlelight, and I hand in the bags. And Dad, look what I got. Today you're gonna become a man, Bax. <laughs> I think the first thing out of his mouth is, "What took so long? <laughs> you and I will bond, and I will build the greatest car of all time with plenty of lead and graphite." <laughs> and we won two years in a row. That's see, that's impressive. And then when you'd make the finals, the like the regionals would always be like in a mall. You know, like the Eastfield Mall, mm -hmm. that's not there anymore. The Fairfield Mall, that's not there anymore. And then you would progress to the Hoyoke Mall if you're really doing it. <laughs> and it was an excuse to go to a mall as a kid, which we were talking about before. It's yeah. like the best thing ever when you're a kid to go to the mall for the day. So you get up early on a Saturday morning and go to the mall. Yeah, I, I miss those days. You know I'm an Eagle Scout. Did I tell you that before? Uh, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. I'm I the, actually, I, that's very impressive to me because as a, as a former Boy Scout who – quit after a certain period of time because i just couldn't put up with it any longer yeah i know what kind of work it takes to get to that point and that's it's, it's it's a remarkable amount of work when i was talking about your uh, your friend who won the grammy in 17 years i was like yeah. probably uh, the only other professional commitment outside of comedy <laughs> that <laughs> took any amount of time to accomplish was becoming an eagle scout probably took 10 years yeah. or whatever uh, you know, you started Cub Scouts and Wee Blows and then Boy Scouts. But it's a race against time, too. Yeah. Because you got to do it before you turn 18. Well, that was the funny part. I By the time I passed my Eagle, so you have to do a project, which you have to get approved out of Texas, and then they approve it, and they say, okay. Then after you get your project approved, you got to do it, and then you got to submit the project for, for review and, and approval. And then they have an Eagle board where you stand in front of all these guys that fire you questions about your project, questions about your, your merit badges and mm -hmm. everything. And uh, by the time I got through everything, uh, I was now in like by the time I got my actual banquet and my award, I was already off to college. I was 17 when I started college. I, I remember I had to drive home from college for my Eagle banquet yeah. at this thing that sh would have been really cool if they had done it while I was still in high school in high school. And I was, I remember putting on my uniform for the banquet okay. and I was like, I'm such a loser. And I was like, I hope none of my, hope none of my college yeah. friends see this. Yeah. And I was like, no one, I hope no one, well, at least no one will know, you know? And then I get there and who is there but my friend from grammar school, Lori Stefanik, with her new boyfriend at the time, who was the reporter for the Chickabee Herald. And he's like, we're covering this. We got to take pictures of it. We're putting this right in the paper. I was like, oh, God, please no. Oh, God, please no. Oh. God. That's awesome. Yeah. No, but I, 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 yeah, I'm proud of it, I guess. It should be. You know, it should be. It's a hell of, a, a hell of an accomplishment. I don't think anybody in, in the troop I was in at the time I was there had reached that point. Well, and back when, when, the kids in my troop, troop shout out to Troop 409 and Chickabee. I don't think it exists anymore, but uh, my buddy Jay Menard and I, 
his mother is really the reason that we we got she she pushed us so hard. She's like, you guys are working on your projects. Like she was, she was really like on top. She was on top of the paper and yeah. everything. Um, but back then it was less than one percent. Now they've made it easier for the kids to make eagle. Well, that's not right. It should be it should be difficult. I know. I know. My yeah. nephews both made eagle scout, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, yeah, all right, you guys got it, but <laughs> but back in my day, but back in my yeah, day, you know, it's going to be sunny today with a high of 36 tonight, clear, low of 18, and then for tomorrow, sunny and high of 39. It's 27 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 6:55, and T Rex with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni filling in for Steve for the next couple of days. Happy to be here. Good to have you. You know, uh, we were talking about the Pinewood Derby during news, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't mean to brag, but you know, I am a two-time uh, first-place winner. <laughs> and uh, some guy, uh, some smart Alec, thinks he can uh, text me at the Route 10 Tire listener line at 413-293-1021, and he says to, to us, scintillating Pinewood Derby talk. <laughs> and so I respond, and I say... You lost, huh? <laughs> he responds and says, in spectacular fashion. So then I go back, right? Because I'm not going to sit here and take this kind of uh, this kind of lip from some from some young uh, rap scallion. So I post a picture of a first place Pinewood Derby trophy, and I say, "Who's your daddy now?" <laughs> I my favorite part about this. Other than you spending the amount of time to go find a, a picture of the trophy <laughs> and send it to him. My favorite part is that uh, people should be aware uh, when they text in. The abuse does not have to flow one way. It could come right back at you from back. Well, can I just uh, point out uh, that uh, it took no time to find a Pinewood Derby image uh, tro so for the funny. trophy because I have all of those in a uh, <laughs> previously so set directory because you know, whenever I have to recall back to the Pinewood Derby, and I look at all of my many accomplishments, sure, there's the Broadcasting Hall of Fame uh, thing, but really the Pinewood Derby really holds number one in my heart. Well, this this brings up an interesting question. Was that the first trophy you ever won in your life? Uh, was it the yeah, no, it was the first trophy I ever won. Okay, so here's a fun. My brother, who's very intelligent guy, but wasn't the most gifted athlete, was always on these great teams for Ward Six that would win and they would get trophies. And I was a halfway decent athlete, but I was always on teams. That just stunk. <laughs> so I never won trophies. They didn't have the participation trophy back then? No. 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 No, we didn't do that. That was that's when you got the ribbon of shame. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> everyone yes, else every, gets a trophy. Everyone else gets a, everyone else gets a ribbon of participation. And you got a ribbon, and your father would say to you, Oh well, you got a ribbon, but he said it like you're a disappointment. <laughs> you know? Son. I never liked you. <laughs> yeah, there was an understanding that that ribbon made no one proud, uh, and you shouldn't feel good about it. <laughs> but now everyone gets a trophy. But back then, you did. So what do you think I win my first trophy for? Uh, the Eagle Scout thing? No, 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 no. This I mean, you got to go back to early age. I, I was played sports from the time I was in kindergarten, you know? Uh, I don't know. What was it? Uh, I had a, they had a Cub Scout bake-off. Okay. Cake contest. And you were the winner of uh, cupcakes I, or something? I baked with my mom in the kitchen an Easter, because it was right around Easter, an Easter basket cake. Uh-huh. 
So it was like the cake and it had a handle. Uh huh. And then it had like, uh, we did like green food coloring on the coconut to make it look uh, like that grass. Yeah. We put the little candy eggs on it and everything. Yeah, what a very okay. what a very masculine thing for a boy to win with his mom. So with his I come mommy. home. I come home and my first trophy that goes on the shelf of the trophies of my brother's infinite soccer baseball basketball <laughs> trophy is my cake trophy. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock-solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember once upon a time when certain people in New England were convinced it would be Jimmy Garoppolo who'd be the guy to replace Tom Brady when Tom Brady was too old to play like Tom Brady? Sure you do. And do you remember when Tom Brady kept playing anyway, forcing the Patriots to trade Jimmy G to the 49ers in exchange for a second-round draft pick? I'm sure you might remember that, too. Well, I suppose in hindsight, getting rid of that dead weight was probably a good decision after all. Especially now that Garoppolo, who now plays for the Raiders, has been suspended for two games after failing a urine test. What the hell was he on? Well, according to reports, Jimmy Garoppolo was busted for taking a banned prescription-based medication of which he does not have a therapeutic reason to be taking. And if he did, then perhaps he would have applied for an official medical waiver from the NFL, which might have allowed him to take it, assuming that he had been approved with a medical reason to be on it in the first place. Instead, Jimmy Garoppolo chose to not appeal, and so he will serve a two-game suspension. Now, you may say... Gee, Baxi, a two-game suspension doesn't seem like such a big deal. It's kind of like a slap in the wrist, to which I would say, sure. Except it's now expected that the Raiders will be releasing him next month, just before he's scheduled to receive an $11.25 million roster bonus. So rather than lose $2.8 million of the $24 million that he was expected to make next season with the Raiders, not including the $11 million bonus, Jimmy could be looking at making a big fat bag of jack squat next year instead. And why? Because apparently every time he has to randomly pee in a jar, it looks like he swallowed a highlighter. You see, folks, passing a drug test is really quite simple, just as long as there isn't something stupid in your system. And by the looks of things, Jimmy Garoppolo is practically overdosing on stupid. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You wear Carhartts, then you know they hardly ever go on sale. But right now, Rockies, you can save 40% on seasonal Carhartt workwear. It's a clearance, so hustle before all the good stuff is gone. Carhartt clearance sale going on now. 40% off at Rocky's Ace Hardware. Elvin Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be uh, not a bad day today. It's going to be sunny and a high of 36. Yeah, they said there'd be a little bit of snow this morning, but I think they're all full of garbage. Anyway, a uh, high of 36 for today. It's about, ooh, I'd say 26 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen is not going to be here today. Sad. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, a little heartbroken because, you know, I had all kinds of uh, sports questions to ask. What were you going to talk about? Are you, are, can we talk about football? Is sure, it, we can it, talk about whatever you want. What, what, did you see that uh, they're, they're, every week Mass Live does a different mock draft for the Patriots right now? None of it matters, right? <clears throat> because they still have to have the combine and everything else. Yeah, I mean, no, they still have you know, a lot of things to go through before they, they officially decide. But you, they got a high pick. So they were talking about burning some money. Tell me if I'm crazy in this thought. Why don't you get Russell Wilson... Right? right, he's a free agent. You get Russell Wilson, and then you draft Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think that's a bad idea. 
And then and then in the season, Matthew Judon comes back, Christian Gonzalez comes back, so your defense is buttoned up. Even this year, even without the two key pieces on their defense this year, their defense was great. I th- I think it's always dangerous to pick a quarterback, you know, that high up. I mean, it happens. Yeah, me too. It happens when you know you got a first round guy who winds up being fantastic. It does happen from time to time, but I'm more concerned about they haven't named a general manager yet, so they don't have that in place. They the guy that's the scouting guy there, the head of the department. He seems to be almost like the de facto GM without the title, right? Well, that would be fine. You just, right, but you know you want to make sure that if you're going to be choosing from the draft you finally are doing it with a little bit more than gut instinct and you're actually looking into well what are these what are these guys going to wind up being i mean because what kind of red flags were there about mac jones going into that draft yeah i mean you couldn't blame belichick for drafting uh mac jones although they said that they didn't think he wanted to that the pressure was coming from them but he reached out to saban who's one of his best friends and Saban gave him a glowing review of Mac. And to be fair, it that first year looked like it was working out. You know what I mean? Mac seemed like he yeah. was the guy. You know, I like the I actually kind of like the idea of. See, to me, I I would rather draft you know, linemen, you know, offensive linemen, a hundred percent. And you, and if you do put like a a, a a veteran quarterback in there, I think that makes a lot of sense. A Russell Wilson, maybe I've heard Baker Mayfield, maybe a guy who. Uh, could be available. Also, guy like my 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 thought process is now if you take Russell, right, you you can draft a QB, but you don't have to draft uh, your first round. But you can you can get a generational player like Marvin Harrison, and then you can get like a, an old lineman like the kid from Notre Dame or whatever. Yeah. Mac Jones, I don't think Mac Jones was as bad as he looked this year. Same for Bailey Zappi. I just think they didn't have a good line. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you have Russell now, you have you don't have to worry about the line as much. I mean, he's a scrambling quarterback, so well, he's I, mobile. I, I don't know if you uh, listened to my uh, my very well put together uh, view from the couch this morning, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be available again. Just sure. been uh, busted uh, <laughs> for PEDs. For PEDs, he's got a two game suspension. You know, he's going to be jacked. You know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's oh, yeah. well. He, he'll, <laughs> He'll be jacked up until week three when he has to show up. He, uh, he I, they're not saying what he was on, but the uh, the problem with this is the timing could not be worse because next month he would be eligible for an eleven point two five million dollar uh, roster bonus, which he will now if if they do in fact waive him, and that apparently is what the the plan yeah. is, he's going to miss out. So on that big fat contract he's got with the Raiders. He's, he'll not only be out of that, he'll also be out of that bonus. So just because he took a substance of which he had no medical waiver to take it, yep. Uh, even though they say, oh, yeah, it's a prescription medication, and that can be any number of things, uh, it just shows you maybe we did the right thing by unloading him when we had the chance. Uh, you know what, though? I don't understand. So if he had a medical exemption and a waiver for it, how, yeah. how do you then? He didn't. Oh, he didn't have he a waiver. He didn't have it. Oh, that's it's right. A, it's a prescription medication. That's all they're saying, and that could be anything. That could be right. Adderall. It could be you name it. Uh, he didn't have it. Never even applied for it. So that's. It. And then also didn't appeal the suspension, which makes me think they busted him and he knew it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's a paperwork thing at that point, you know what I mean. There's yeah. Not, it's pretty black and white. He's probably better to say, "Yeah, give me the two games, call it a day." But losing eleven point five million dollars really stinks. 
you know i mean he's he's made some some serious money though he he at least got one big money contract with san francisco i believe um i believe he's on what did i say yeah he's on like a like a 20 he's making 24 million a year a poor guy it's like a three-year it's like 72 million dollar uh, deal you know we were talking about this uh rent uh, and uh minimum wage so the the poor guy you know if you're only making 24 million a year Boy, that eleven point five really hurts. Yeah, it really hits the pocket. You see, good looking, uh, you know, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo on the side of a like a mall somewhere with a sign. You know, we'll 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 take a you, we'll, we'll quarterback for food. Don't you kind of feel like after you have fifty million dollars, that after that point, money is just a concept? Well, you know, after I got my first fifty million, yeah, please, uh, I really had to struggle yeah. deciding what I, how I wanted to you know, go on with my life. I'm 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 look I'm feeling that way about this uh, fifty dollars that I'm <laughs> anticipating making this week at uh, Shortstop Bar and Grill. Make sure you come out Thursday. Uh, but you know, I I I see. I, I like Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think I don't think he's coming back to the past. I I don't like Russell Wilson. He I think he's a weirdo as a, a but I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's mobile. I also he's a huge guy. He's hard to take down. So if you don't have the best line. And I think if you give him a receiver like Marvin Harrison, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I feel like that's the move. You get a vet like him. Then you draft a later-round quarterback, second if, or third. If Harrison is, is still around by the time the Patriots pick, yeah. and it's it's possible he might not, but if he is, it's a good pick. But I think every pick after that, you yeah. gotta you got to shore up the, that, that offensive line because yep. I don't care who the quarterback is. If your line is crappy, yeah, you know, then you're basically telling your quarterback, prepare yourself for a lot of <laughs> a lot of discomfort. You're gonna be eating a lot of turf. You're gonna be you're gonna be down the ground a lot. And that, that's what I felt like. What happened with Mac Jones was that, you know, early on in the season he was just getting pounded and driven into the turf left and right. Not only does that shake your confidence, but it affects your play in the field, right? Because now. You're questioning every read. You're overthinking stuff. Well, you know. I, I th- but I also think the Patriots screwed that whole situation up. They did. I mean, they 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 really have no one to blame but themselves with the whole Mac Jones thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You you can't be a quarterback in the NFL if if your confidence is constantly being sabotaged by yes. by your own team. You just you just can't because it gets in your head. I mean. Yeah, he's a quarterback. He's getting, you know, had his chance to make uh, good money, but it's still a psychological game, and you're a human being. And if, yeah. if the people around you show little confidence in you, all of a sudden it's, you start thinking that way about yourself. Right. And I think, and I think, I do think Matt, uh, Max' mental makeup is was probably not the best for that situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I do think there's a little part of him that's kind of a head case where you would see him mess, miss a throw or throw, throw a pick. And just go back to the sideline exasperated and had that face that, you know what I mean? He, you he don't had, want to see that for He had a, a bit of swagger that first yes, season. Yes, he did. But as the but into that third year, and, you know, they're making all kinds of decisions for, you know, backup quarterback. And, the, you know, they're, I mean, they, they really kind of now derailed the on, this. Right. That first year, you have no real pressure because anything you do that's better than average is going to be well-received. But now you're in your third year. You're starting to play for how it's going to be for your future. You mm-hmm. know, there's a big contract waiting for you if you can continue. You know what I mean? There's expectation. 
now all that extra pressure, I think that speaks to the mental makeup more than anything. I This is why I don't think the Patriots should draft a quarterback high in the draft because, like like you were saying, it's almost never a guaranteed thing who you're going to pick, right? No. I mean, look at Chicago. They got Justin Fields, and now they're they're right back on the wheel again looking to draft uh, another quarterback. Yeah. If you keep going through that cycle, you know, at least you get Marvin Harrison, right? That guy, not only is he a, a great wide receiver, you know his adjustment to the NFL is going to be easier than the average player because his father, he's got his father on speed dial, so he can ask him what he sees out there. And, and also, he grew up the father of an NFL star who had millions and millions of dollars, so you know that he's not going to spin out because now all of a sudden he's right. loaded. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think... I, I don't know. I think you're better off, better served to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and better served to open up the pocketbook and get a Russell or or a Garoppolo. You know. You know. I I always kind of think back to it was like the 1998 draft, and the first two picks were Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, two quarterbacks, go. and they you know both highly touted, and you know they could have gone in either direction. You know, the Colts could have picked Leaf. They chose Manning. The Chargers chose uh, chose Leaf, and he wound up being a total bust at the at the number two pick. And that's my point about the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing. You know, Peyton Manning had the NFL in his blood. His father was a star. Yep. You know what I mean. So he had him for counsel. He grew up with some you know some money because his father was a star. Versus Ryan Leaf, who was a total head case the, the, the day he got drafted. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. So you just you just never know. Right. Right. I I think you get you get. Russell Cousins or or Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, you get one of those guys, then you draft a quarterback out of second or third round, something like that, and you have them sit there for a couple of years, a la the Green Bay model, and see how they yeah. see how they perform in camp and practice, and then coach yeah, Jordan them up. Love seems to have, uh, come around. He uh, <laughs> a lot. He, I mean, that kid's unbelievable, right? And then you look at before him, right? Aaron Rodgers, same thing, sat behind uh, Brett, Favre, Favre. Brett Favre. So. I, I there's something to that model. I think that works. That's to me is better than putting all your hopes on this new draft pick and putting all that pressure on him in this market in new England. There is nothing worse than being the quarterback of the Patriots right now. And you're, you're adjusting to the NFL. And now every day you're, you got this crazy fan base riding you, you know, no, thank you. Nagel and Marty Caproni's filling in for uh, Steve today and tomorrow. Uh, join Pat Kelly as he broadcasts the Springfield Sportsman Show this Friday from uh, 2 until 6 at the Big E. It's undisputably the largest pure sportsman show in the Northeast. Make sure you stop by the Rock 102 table. Say hi to Pat for your chance to win some pretty cool prizes. That's this Friday, 2 to 6 at the Springfield Sportsman Show with Pat Kelly from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. We went to the... Uh, we were at the Biggie this weekend for the uh, Springfield Outdoor Camping uh, Show. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was awesome. Holy smokes! So you know, we, we so we got a camper that's up in uh, New Hampshire, right? Yep. And we're like, I don't know, eighty five days away from uh, from opening weekend, and uh, pretty excited about it. But you know, then but and I like my camper; it's a nice camper. Yeah. You know, but then you see the ones there. But then you see like these ones that you know. One, I'm uh, I'm not in the market for that price. Right. And then two, there's a couple that are bigger than mine. It's easy how critical you can be of the things you don't like, yeah. but how envious and angry you are with the things that you want. <laughs> 
but can't afford. So what was in the some of the ones that you saw that you wanted that <sighs> you don't have? There was there was one. It was actually an upgrade, it, it, like an, an upgraded version of exactly what we had. Yeah. And my wife and I are just like looking around. Going, oh my lord, look at this! Because it was, it was roomier. There was like more. There was more. Uh, uh, it, it, more storage. Does it have all the slide outs and all that? Oh stuff? yeah, it had all that stuff. Oh my god! Some of these so ones cool. I see are nicer than like a house. Like some of them have two floors. Some of them have like you know. they had one. It was a it was a park trailer. So basically, it was like a like one of those mini houses. Yeah, on you wheels. park and leave it. Yeah, yeah, and it was it looked like a house, like a, a miniature house, and it had multiple floors. And it's like, oh my god, this is like the coolest. And uh, and I almost didn't want to go into it because I thought, well, this is clearly going to be the thing I'm going to want <laughs> right. if I walk into here. And I walked in. I'm going, oh yes, I don't. I would be the fanciest guy at the park with this thing. I would be the envy of everybody here. If you had like a second floor one, would you be able to see like the water from where you are? No, but I could look down on everybody else in the camp, <laughs> that's and that's more really rewarding. that. It's the status of it all. Well, you know what my dream is, right? It's a really stupid dream, but it's my dream. My dream is to get one of these vans. Like, like, uh, you ever see these on like TikTok or Instagram? The people that they they it's like hashtag van life. Oh yeah, and they live in these vans by the river, down by the river, <laughs> Chris Farley. Uh, no, but they 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 have these vans that are like basically mini RVs inside these oh, vans. Yeah. yeah, and you know when I'm on the road. The amount of money I could save in hotel rooms, if I had one of these things, right? Then yeah. I could just I could just literally say, "Hey, I'm going out for two weeks of shows or three weeks of shows," and take my. It would be more in gas unless it was like a diesel or something like that. But I could live in the van. That's my there, thought. They had a bunch of a uh, bunch of towable. Yeah, yeah I want you, a towable. I want I want I driving the thing right there. No, I get it, but but they had a bunch of these these towable little trailers that were gorgeous yeah inside of it like it would not be difficult to go on the road as a comic and and sleep comfortably right and the, you could even have people over you know if 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 you were in the market for that kind of thing well no dude i don't even need to sleep comfortably i'm a cop <laughs> like for the first 10 years of my career i stayed in whatever they would put me in uh super eight uh motel six a comedy red roof com not comedy even a condo plus. Comedy condo, the grossest thing of all of just so people out there understand, they're starting to go away. Comedy clubs have really they end up doing trade with hotels and stuff now because the comedy condo used to be the comedy club would they realize what they spend in a hotel is cheaper just to get a condo, put the middle and the headliner in the same condo. Mm -hmm. They pay whatever it was five nine hundred bucks a month for this apartment or condo, and that's what you get. However, forgetting that. Those are comedians that are staying there who then want to play all sorts of jokes on, on the, the next other guy. comedian. Right. So if you so if you look at the marquee, like who's coming up next week and it's a comic you don't like, all of a sudden you can uh, leave all kinds of things behind. Yeah, like you go into a comedy comedy, like there's some rookie mistakes you don't make, which is uh, one, you don't you bring your own uh, sheets. Two, you never use the shampoo, conditioner, or detergent there because there may be various human fluids and whatever detergent or uh, conditioner. Or, or, or nair in the shampoo. That's uh, a good one. All of those things. All happens. Yep. Um, I think the last, one of the last com comedy condos I stayed in was in Tampa, Florida at the Improv there. And uh, 
it was like sleeping like you could not be comfortable in it. You know what I mean? It was like you sleep like like you're in a cocoon with stuff on top of the bed and everything I, else. I remember having to go and pick up a comic at one of the comedy uh, yeah condos, and I hadn't seen it yet. Oh yeah, gross. So I had to go up. You know, I had to go up to the door, knock on the door, make sure because no one had cell phones back right. then. So I had to drive my car, and the, the guy was was ready. And I looked inside, and the smell of the place Ugh. was overwhelming. And I was like, "This is the reason why my comedy career is never going to go past step one." <laughs> the the one in Tampa was decent because you had a pool and a hot tub that you could use during the day, and you could walk to the club at night. Yeah, which was nice. It's just you don't want to sleep on a bed. That all these like scumbag comics have slept on. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you st- when you see the outline of a comic yes. on the mattress, it's maybe not the best place to stay. So my thought process was get one of these like conversion vans. Yeah, you know, like like not a fancy one. Like I don't need a fancy one, but like one that's nice enough that I could sleep in it. That's heated and that has a bed and maybe even a little TV. I don't have to go crazy, but that's it. That's all I would need. You know. And I, I think about it all the time yeah. now. I, it's the something that happens when you get older. I used to remember you when you were young, you'd look at people with RVs and you'd be like, Ooh, these losers. Why do you have an RV? You got a house. Yeah. Well, and then as you get older, you're like, I want a house with me. <laughs> I don't know why. I love it. It's 733. 7.35 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock 102. It's time for news. And uh, here's what we got. Six years after she was arrested on sex, uh, sex trafficking charges, Louis Yang is expected to go on trial tomorrow in Hampton Superior Court. Prosecutors say Yang and Stephen C. Forsley, who is being tried separately, ran a prostitution and money laundering operation at two spas in Springfield. Yang, 67, faces charges including trafficking of a person for sexual servitude, conspiracy, money, money laundering, and deriving support from prostitution. A judge, not a jury, will decide whether or not she is guilty. She waived her right to her jury trial uh, in a document filed back on February 12th. The jury trial had been scheduled for May of 2020, but was moved because of the pandemic. Uh, Forsley is faced with the same charges as Yang, but his case has not yet gone to trial. And that's expected in he's expected in court in late February, according to his case docket. Two spas in uh, in the area, uh, both in the uh, in the Springfield area. I think of uh when I hear Yang, all I think of is uh, Yin, Yin and, and Yang. Yang. Yeah, and right. Yang. Just the Yang. That's what happens. I know. Uh, it's good thing it's not a Wang. Good thing. Good. Yeah, you're right. Because then it would be almost impossible to uh, to avoid talking about it. Uh, hey, uh, a Big Y announced that they have discovered card skimming devices that were inserted into several Big Y locations across Western Mass. According to Big Y, between December 19th and December 21st, uh, an alleged unknown person placed a skimming device at the following supermarket locations. Springfield on St. James Avenue, Chicopee Express, Northampton, Ware, Southbridge, Worcester, Milford, the Wilbraham Express, and in Ludlow. Uh, In addition, a skimming device was played in a single card reader at the Westfield location on East Silver Street between December 12th and uh, December 19th and January 12th. A big Y spokesperson said law enforcement is currently looking into it. And if you have, uh, suspect that your account or your credit card may have been uh, compromised as a result of this, uh, check with your credit card company. Can't Don't they have cameras in there where they can go back and see who put the skimmer on it? Well, yeah. And it, the thing I don't understand is, I mean, if you're if you've got a skimming device 
on uh, on say like you know, the self checkout register. Yeah, this camera's all over the register. That's what I'm saying. So I don't. I mean, I don't know how you. Let's go with a mask and glasses and a whole fake mustache. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that with the glasses, <laughs> monocle, uh, whatever. Ooh, a monocle, <laughs> a monocle. No, a that that wouldn't be suspicious at all. Going <laughs> like the Monopoly man. Oh, hey, you see. <laughs> Yeah, Colonel Clink is putting skimming <laughs> devices. I see nothing. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, that's why I use the Apple Pay. That's the saying you earlier. It's I like. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is any more secure, but I like the fact that now you're doing like the, uh, you know, the rather than you know running your card through it or inserting the card, now you can just tap it. That's, I don't. I don't yeah, think yeah, tapping the device is any bad. The chip. Yep. The chip thing. I feel like that is more secure. But I don't know if that's if that's just me lying to myself and being in like a great deal of denial. Nothing is as secure. And I again, I always make this disclaimer. I'm an idiot. So unless someone else wants to text the Rude 10 tire listener line with some info, I don't think anything's as secure as Apple Pay because when you use Apple Pay, it generates a different credit card number for every transaction unique to that transaction. So that's the benefit of using it. I think yeah. even if you use the RFID chip, it, it, it's your it's your same card info. You yeah, know what I'm no, I just uh, it's just a part. You know, I just I'm not ready to, to go that way. I'm yet. telling you, set it up and try it for a week, and you'll be like, how did I ever live without this? I promise you. Because I'm, an, you start, I'm an old man, set in my ways. I, I know, can't be convinced otherwise on anything. Well, the other option then is just to go to fruit fair. And <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which, by the way, uh, we always talk to chicken salad for the fruit. I made you some chicken salad this morning. You know what? Uh, I have to tell you, Marty, it was a solid chicken salad. Right? I could taste a, I could taste onion. Was there onion? There's a little onion powder. That's what I tasted. There's a little bit of thyme, a little mm -hmm. bit of dill. Ooh, I'll tell you what, it was very I, good. I put some spice in there. I just try to make it just right. You, you know what? You did a you did a fine job. Good. Good. I'm glad it's you're no good. wonder you won that trophy for the best Easter cake. For clearly for clearly there's some cooking talent. Someone messaged in. They're like, I'm a pastry chef. <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad. I'm like, I'm not insulting anybody. I'm just saying when you're a seven-year-old kid or a nine-year-old kid or whatever, it's uh, it's disheartening that that's your first trophy. If uh, you're looking for a job, Six Flags New England, the region's largest theme park, is hiring. Uh, Six Flags New England is set to open on April 6th at 11 o'clock, and the park is on a hiring spree. And uh, they are looking to fill 2,000 part-time and seasonal employees 2000 uh the park hosted an on-site in-person hiring job fair on sunday to find potential employees six flags new england will be hiring all positions including ride operators lifeguards food and beverage workers admis uh, admissions entertainment and the list goes on i would love to have a part-time job as like uh, as a carny <laughs> Where I just I'm just sitting there watching idiots try to shoot baskets at at, uh, at things they couldn't to to win junk they would never want to put in their homes like a like a Bon Jovi mirror or a gigantic <laughs> stuffed animal just running the the rigged games yeah, yeah I would I like love it. that one of uh, my buddies I don't know if I should say this on the air but I'm gonna <laughs> plum my opener uh -huh. I think he has a, he has a bit I don't know how true it is or not but he has a bit how he worked at Six Flags and got fired for falling asleep. While well, people are on the roller coaster ride, and he didn't stop the ride, they just kept going around. And around. It's a very funny bit. They just kept going around and around. And they, when they were let him, he says uh. they, they just showed me the uh, footage of me sleeping behind the thing. You know, Carney's got to, I think, get a a bad rap. Like, you know, like people like dismiss you as a Carney, but I can't think of 
anything more fun to watch people lose games of no skill. As you know, Bax, because of our foray to the Big E last year, I'm a little bit of a carny, uh, carny game player myself. Yeah, I think you're a carny holic, is what I think you are. <laughs> I think you've got a problem. I, I, li- I love a good game, and uh, I like to. It's, uh, it's not even. This is the thing I don't understand. So there's there's three of us. We we played what four different games? At least maybe five or six. Five or six different games. You won every single one of them. It's like you have somehow cracked the code on carny games. Uh you know what I never understood when I was young, uh, even playing sports and everything, is I never used my brain. <laughs> I, I never did basketball. Everything. I just I just I was playing in the moment, if you will. No one ever taught me to think about what you're doing, to use your brain. And with Carney games, I learned in my 20s to use your brain, and uh, they're pretty easy to uh, they're pretty easy to win with. Yeah, except I was I, I guess maybe I was playing purely on on uh, instinct and athletic ability. Yes, you were in the moment. Yeah, right. You were in the moment. Because I got to tell you, you're the only person I know that's ever beaten me at whack-a-mole. I, again, you know, I don't want to give away my secrets. I know. Obviously, you you know something about the whack a mole, but I don't. But I have very good whack a mole opponent. I will say that. I listen. I am formidable when it comes to formidable. My whacking skills are (laughs) legendary. You were whacking it like crazy. I've been whacking it since (laughs) high school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, this the summer before high school is really when I started to really focus in, hone in on my (laughs) whacking skills. Your whacking ability. Yes. Well. Uh, whacking uh, the mole there. Uh, when I whack the mole, I think about it. I use. I'm more of a mental guy. I use. I use the mind. But if I played you, I only could probably beat you, or you like probably one out of three, one out of two, or one out of three times. No, no. That's how I because I I watched you. Yeah, I watched you whack the mole, and it was very impressive. Here's the thing: <laughs> you're watching me whack the mole while you're whacking more moles. <laughs> You, you need like a third eye in your head, <laughs> or unless, or unless you just have this, you know, spatial peripheral. Uh, yeah, this this peripheral vision that uh, you can do, like, uh, you know, quality mole whacking with one eye. Yeah, well, it's just like the squirt gun games. Mm-hmm. Peripheral, you got to have the peripheral. Man, you got to be able to stay focused on the target, but have the peripheral to see right. how your opponents are. Well, if 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 they still have whack a mole at Six Flags. We could we could do it. We could go get let's go get part time jobs. You and I run the whack a mole. You and I can get part time jobs working the whack a mole and in and in between games you and I can you know, hop on board, start whacking like crazy. <laughs> and we'll get minimum wage for it, which uh Which you depend if you're in California it could be up to fifty dollars an hour. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> it's going to be uh, sunny today and a high of 36 tonight, low uh, of uh, 18, but clear. And then for tomorrow, sunny again, high of 39. It's about 28 degrees right now. On- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 752 and Elton John with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Marty Caproni filling in for Steve. He'll be back on Wednesday. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Sunny, a high of 36 tonight, clear, low of 18. And a little bit warmer for tomorrow, sunny with a high of 39. It's about 27 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. So uh, I know you're going to be here today and tomorrow, but um, are there any comedy shows that are coming around the area? It's weird you bring it up. You know, this week, by the way, I fully expect this thing to be sold out this week because it's vacation week. So first of all, if you're a teacher, right? 
Right. You don't have the excuse you got to get up and go to work on Friday morning. You can come out and tie one on on Thursday. Like, you can really have, have Ooh, a Ooh, tie night. one on. I love Japanese food. That's yeah. really good. Mm, yeah, delicious. that's good. Um, also, uh, if you're just a regular person that normally would just come anyways, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> if you've been at home with your kids all week. Right. Well, why wouldn't you want to get away for one what night? A, what a great escape yourself. it would be to laugh and eat dinner right. for like 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. And, and and still be home. You could be home in bed by probably 10, 10, 15, you know? Uh, so we got the show this week. Last week we had Brian Bowden, super duper funny. I'm not going to announce the closer yet for this week, but uh, Nagel is going to be uh, on the show this week as well. Nice. As myself and uh, some other very funny comedians. And... Uh, we got to head out there. We you got to. Yeah, I know. We just haven't had a chance to do it yet, you, but we got to figure that out. You got to. They do such a great job. The people from the shortstop, uh, Monica, who, uh, you know, owns it, and uh, Nabil and uh, Julie, they, they do such a great job that it's awesome. It, you get a good meal. It's a nice night out, and it's it's not going to break the bank. You know what I mean? It's it's We keep building. Yeah, we, yeah. Listen, we, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, this week, really, people surprised me. I was like... With Valentine's Day, and then they they kept saying we're having a storm. It's a clipper. It's a this. It's a that. And then we didn't have a lot of presale, so I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a tough one. And then all of a sudden, the everyone's, just, everyone's at the door. And it's always the listeners too. A lot yeah. of them are the listeners. They they just they're like, all right, we're just decided we're gonna come. Yeah, the snow wasn't that bad. And they just one after another, they start showing up. Yeah. And listen, I I love the fact that uh, you know, comedy is is coming to the area. It's all it's all healthy. It's all good. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you're not going to walk out of there saying, well, that was a lousy time. I, I don't, so far, I don't think we've had one where we've been like, jeez, that wasn't a good one. Like, they've all been fun. Yeah. They've all been fun. People thanking us, like, passionately after, like, thank you for putting this on. Like, it, it laughter's a big thing. You know, it helps it helps everybody, especially in the tough times. Yeah, you know? and by, by Thursday night, everybody's miserable. Pretty much. You've had four days of, you know, the... You put your nose to the grindstone. You know, your boss is up here. Uh, you know what? Yep. Uh, your kids are hassling you. Yeah, everything. Everything's breaking. You know, and around the house now, you can just you step away for a couple hours in Westfield, and boom, you're having your, the time of your life. And that's what it is. And then, then the people leave, and they're reset for the for the weekend. You know, they're able to enjoy their weekend. So this week's gonna be fun. I hope people get their tickets now. You can get them online. You can get them on Venmo. Uh, you can you can pay at the door, but if you want the twenty dollar price instead of the twenty five, you just got to reserve in advance. So you can message me or Nagel or or message the the Loft Comedy Club Facebook page uh, or Instagram, whatever, and just reserve your tickets. It's uh, just about seven fifty seven with Bax and Nagel and Marty and Rock one hundred two. Listen, fakes plays between. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, when I tell you that last night's NBA All-Star Game was the highest scoring mid-season classic of all time, you might come to the conclusion that it must have been one hell of a game filled with explosive excitement and festooned with wall-to-wall thrills. I mean... With the Eastern Conference outscoring the Western Conference All-Stars 211-186, it's easy to think that you might have missed out on something really spectacular. Well, I can't speak for everyone, but even after a game in which 397 points were scored, 163 of them shot behind the three-point line, that game had to be one of the most boring displays of total nonsense in NBA history. 
Listen, it's always great to see Jalen Brown drop 36 points in a game. It's also great to see Jason Tatum back him up with 20 points of his own. But that's only fun when the game means something and when players are playing with some level of enthusiasm. Last night, what you had was 24 NBA players trying to avoid getting hurt, not playing with any discernible defense, and having absolutely no incentive to display any level of overt competitiveness. In other words, it was awful. At least the East showed something that looked like a pulse beating the West by 25 points in what, in any other situation, might have been seen as a blowout. But with the NBA All-Star game, it only proves that other than Clark Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves, who drained 50 points last night, largely uncontested, the West have even less desire to play last night. And if that's the case, a 25-point loss isn't really a blowout. It's simply an obligation to be present. Listen, I understand these NBA players sure could use a break halfway through their draining 82-game schedule, but is that any excuse to aggressively punish basketball fans with a glossy display of non-consequential and thoroughly apathetic basketball? I've always uh, said nice things about the NBA, and now after this, I feel like I'm the one who was punished, and I didn't have a whole lot of expectation going into it. And yet somehow, the NBA is under the delusion that this is what fans want. This is what the fans want. And as a fan, i got to tell you, it's really not. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get a Craftsman fold-up hex key set, seven bucks. Get a Craftsman hammer for the Craftsman tool bag, seven bucks. It's a seven-buck Craftsman sale at Rocky's. Hand tools and accessories, seven bucks. Right now at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810 in Kansas. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Steve's out today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Wednesday. Marty Caproni is filling in. It's great to have you. It's good to be here. I know it is. I know. Spend time with me. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just talking to you off air about this. So I figured we should talk about it on air and, and pick people's brain. We were talking about affordability. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started because of the comedy thing and everything. We were Last week, I think it was, or the week before, we were talking about how expensive like a value meal is. Like you go like on the pike to one of those places, and yeah, it's like sixteen dollars for a Big Mac value meal now or whatever. I just it came across this thing: McDonald's CEO speaks out on affordability after extreme backlash from overpriced meals. Uh, goes on to basically say that the CEO acknowledged a decline in the company sales, attributing it to elevated menu prices that have deterred core customers. Duh. Right, I mean, isn't that simple economics? If you raise the the cost of stuff, you're going to decrease the volume. Sure. So, that's- but they could all. But I'm sure their excuse would be, well, the the overhead of materials, and by that, the pink slime, the uh, the sawdust, the chemicals. I mean, <laughs> all of that stuff has gone up in price. So but- you just you can't just. Have a dollar meal if everything's costing you four dollars to produce. Do you know how pricey it is to heat up this applesauce to the surface temperature of the sun before we put it in into the hot apple pie? Yeah, yeah, I know it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is one of the things I, I saw happen, and I, I have to say, like we were talking about the minimum wage thing. I was telling my story earlier about right. uh, how I think the customer service has declined and everything. But this is one of those things where when they started to raise the minimum wage, McDonald's and these companies were like, oh, we're not going to be able to afford it to be able to afford to keep it cheap much longer. And then they use it to just completely skull, just scalping yeah. people, and that being that well, being the reason. I think sometimes. Yeah, and it, again, it, it, maybe it's just like the corporate mentality. You know, when you go past the McDonald's, for example, and, and it's not just McDonald's because it's it's really all of them, and you see the sign, this is billions and billions served. 
the reason why billions and billions have been served is because it's been affordable to go there. Right. You know, I mean, you remember back in the day, I mean, I sound like an old man, when a, a cheeseburger cost you like 57 cents. Yeah. You may not remember back in the 70s, but uh, <laughs> back in my day, the, I mean, it was it was reasonable to go. Well, now, you know, it, it's not like proportionally speaking, people are making so much more right. that they can afford it. It's just that the price of things has gone up so significantly that people find like even that, even fast food is becoming harder and harder to justify if you got to pay for gas that's three dollars a gallon. If you got to buy eggs that are like you know six bucks a dozen, right. or you know milk that's six dollars a gallon. I mean, you, the the world becomes expensive, and at that point, you got to make costly decisions. And if that means I'm not going to go to McDonald's for my Happy Meal because I love the little toys inside, uh, to- then I'm going to have toys. to make that. St- I'm going to have to make that decision. They don't even have good toys anymore. Remember, you used to get some really good toys inside a Happy Meal. I remember being really angry when they had that plastic puppet hand with the grimace like <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like uh, you collect them I, all you I, get I, the I, hamburger. Of course I collect them all of course <laughs> of course but well, you know, now it's like i, I don't want that well this is, this is so i'm reading this thing right now and it says uh connecticut branch faced backlash for charging how much do you think this branch is charging for an egg mcmuffin oh boy um seven bucks yeah 729 for an egg mcmuffin Wow. You know, I used to, back in the uh, in the early part of my career, I would work uh, overnight, so like midnight yeah. to six, and I would do, uh, and I was such a health nut back then, that I would leave work, and I would go to the McDonald's, which was on my way home, yeah. and I'd grab two sausage and egg McMuffins, which are delicious. Three bucks, right? Yes, for yep. the two of them. Two for three. And, you know, and I, I'd eat them, and I'd, and I'd do what every doctor and, and, uh, and nutritionist will tell you to do. I'd eat them and I'd immediately go to bed and uh, <laughs> and sleep it off and uh, and I could and I did that every day. I yeah. couldn't spend fourteen dollars now even now, 14. and I make substantially more today than I did back then. You're you're looking at about fifteen dollars probably with tax and everything for two egg McMuffins now. It used to be two for three. Yeah, I know. You could walk up with your two three dollar your three dollar bills. And, a, and, a and you dime. can't get that without it ordering the delicious hash brown too. Right, but now here's my point. So they're saying mo- a lot of the customers are leaving McDonald's and they're substituting for home cooked meals. But I'd make an argument that for seven twenty, you can go to Evans Egg House, Country Trading Post, mm-hmm. Petros, Copper Line, any of those places, and get an actual sit down breakfast with a couple of eggs and some home fries and whatever for probably like ten dollars, ten twelve dollars. Yeah, but the pro- but the problem is is that you don't get the same convenience that you would get through a drive through. I guess. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you're, you're and you st- got to pay tip, I suppose, or whatever. But then the other part is, like the cooking at home thing. Like when you go to the grocery store now and you go to make a meal, it's really pricey to get all your ingredients and everything else and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day I was in Costco, and the Costco has these prepared meals. Have you ever got one? Sure. So they have these like prepared meals. Like, oh, hey, they got the uh, street tacos. You want to get street tacos? Sixteen dollars. Sixteen dollars street tacos. You get like it's like fifteen tacos in this thing. So if you're like just eating for yourself, yeah, 
You could eat like three meals for all 15 right. bucks. Let me ask you this. If you're eating for yourself, are you downing all 15 tacos at once? Not at once. Then quit your bitching because that's a good price I mean, point for tacos. I'm not saying I'm not saying I ate them all by myself, hypothetically. I'm just saying <laughs> the average person could probably yeah. have three meals out of it. For me, it's a, yeah. a meal and a half, two meals. I mean, when you get like a 300-pound shrimp cocktail yeah. platter at Costco, right. Right. you're going to have to expect you're going to pay a little bit more. Right. And it's worth it. But it is worth it. Especially for the man with gout. Listen, <laughs> that chicken salad I made you. Yeah, yeah. You go to I go to Costco, four ninety nine for a rotisserie chicken, right? And, and they haven't budged on that. You can get a giant barrel of mayonnaise for mm-hmm. seven dollars. Yeah, and I can make three and a half pounds of chicken salad. I can eat chicken salad now all week. See, but that's and that's all very well and true. But they also, like at a, at a Costco or a BJ's, know there are certain things that are kind of like a loss leader. Yes. So, pe- so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll keep something you know, low priced, but all the other things that are in the store are, are giving you the illusion that you're saving. I've never walked out of a Costco for less than 150 bucks, and even that was like two or three items on the, on the <laughs> conveyor belt. They do hammer you because then you're in there and you're like, yeah, I'm coming in here. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm on my way home. I'm just gonna get something for myself, and then you're like, "Oh, they had a whole barrel of peanut M and M's for only seven dollars." <laughs> I mean, I I walked in and out of Costco, and the bill comes up like to four hundred bucks. And in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, there's two thoughts. One thought is in my head, oh my god, I've just spent four hundred bucks at a Costco." But the other part is me saying, "Okay, but I just bought it all in bulk." And that makes sense. That's that's a good economic decision. So to your point, <laughs> to save money, I went and I I got myself the rotisserie chicken to make my chicken salad. Yeah. But I also left <laughs> with uh, a throw blanket, peanut M and M's, a towel. Yep. And uh, a thing of raisins and a thing of ice cream sandwiches. Now, how big was the thing of raisins? It's a giant tub, like of a fifty-gallon drum of raisins. raisins. Yeah. Oh, those are good though. They're really good. Yeah, I know. And and what I found was, you know, at night I'd go up to the convenience store and I get myself a bag of peanut M and M's or a box of those raisinettes or whatever. So I was like, I'm probably spending, you know, if I do that three times a week, that's probably like twelve bucks a week, and then I can get like probably three months supply here for like eleven. <laughs> so you start doing the, so you're like, I'm gonna save money. So you start rationalizing, but then yeah. you realize, to your point, you went in just to make some chicken salad, and now you got seventy eight dollar bill, a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, absolutely true, hundred percent accurate. But I still think that's better choice than going to McDonald's and paying almost eight dollars right but like i say i think when you go the the reason why those fast food restaurants became successful is because the price point of them and the convenience of going through them made sense for people that's why for some people that's you know that's all they would eat every every week is they'd go to mcdonald's for something quick they wouldn't have to wait or cook uh themselves now on the other hand if you go to, like, say, a chicken place that opens up in Enfield and there's oh, 5,000 yeah. cars waiting to get in so you can have a chicken strip, a chicken finger with sure. some special sauce, you know, the idea of convenience all of a sudden is thrown out the window. This is this is a, a solid point, but you don't have to go to uh, 
it right when it opens. You can go once it settles down. You know, you, you would think so. Or you go inside where the line has uh, is significantly shorter. Yeah, I I do think there's something to be said for the convenience thing with McDonald's, but but honestly, when you look at it, I've never I've had an I like an egg McMuffin. I think I think they're delicious. They're high quality product. Right. I I do think they're they're good, and they're actually real eggs. Do you know that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they're that's awesome. like one of the only things that they make in there that's really not heavily processed. Like, but you're seven twenty nine in the door for that. Then if you throw a hash brown on that, what's that? That's probably two dollars uh, now, right? Two or three, yeah. So now you're probably ten dollars right there, and then you got to get something to drink, right? So they're gonna bang you out for what? Probably two bucks for an OJ or a coffee, probably the right. same same price or more, yeah, so, or more. So, so so you're out the door at fifteen bucks for your breakfast. You could go to Evans or Country Trading Post or no doubt Copper it. Line or Petros or one of these places for like twelve ninety nine or twelve bucks or whatever. They have that thing where they're like, you get your coffee or your iced tea, you get your uh, eggs, your home fries, and uh, you know what I'm talking. Free refills on the coffee too. Right. Think about that for a second. Right. And you could actually sit there and and be present, even if you're by yourself around people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, that's but the appeal for many people going to fast food is I don't have to deal with any any of the True. people. Just that just that guy at the window, and he seems like a professional. <laughs> the guy he seems the, like he's perfectly qualified yeah, to hand yeah. me my the two muffins I didn't order. <laughs> well, now they've switched. That is one thing too. Since they did the minimum wage thing, have you noticed some of the McDonald's you go and they just have the touch screens? Oh yeah, yeah. So I you just order and your food flops out on the counter. You don't even you don't even have to. There's no exchange. I, I still need people. I'm not I'm not comfortable with the uh, with the kiosk. Yeah, I I I don't really eat fast. I haven't eaten fast food probably in like four years, three or four years. Like very yeah. Like I used to go like we were talking about burgers. I used to go all the time. Oh my god, when Burger King would do the two burgers for a buck special. Oh yeah, my roommate Jeff at the time we would go up with twenty bucks. And get forty burgers. We throw them in the fridge, in the freezer, and just throw them in the micro, zap them up. Let me you tell know. you something. I was so addicted at one point. Do you remember when Wendy's came out with a baconator? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So the nearest Wendy's to my house was that one on Allen Street. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know it is. Uh, right, right before Bicentennial yep. Highway. And uh, I, the day it came out, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be the greatest day of my life. Baconator, can't wait to have a baconator, a biggie fry, and some and a frosty, and I'm just gonna eat, I'm just gonna you know chow down on that thing like a, like an animal. And then uh, I go, and uh, that was the day they closed that location down temporarily. Oh, and you were and you were, and I'm thinking, do I want to go all the all the way to West Springfield to the other Wendy's I used to go to? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't, so I had to deny myself for like weeks before I actually had a Baconator. See, I, and that was an outrage. It was a total outrage. I'll go way back. Wendy's used to have the Super Bar. Do you remember that? I do, yes. Yeah. And you get the Super Bar, and it was a salad bar. It had the um, chili. It had chili. It also had uh, Mexican food on it. And I do remember tacos that. Tacos and oh, yeah. uh, soft tacos and hard tacos. Yeah. Oh, that's you, good. Mm -hmm. Pizza Hut. They used to have the pizza bar. You remember that? Also, remember the uh, the Fixins bar to Fuddruckers too. That was also oh. also good. Where you could put like I, I would put like like three cups of nacho cheese on top of a cheeseburger. I don't think we ever had a Fuddruckers in Western Massachusetts. No, but they were but they were in Massachusetts. They were in what Mass, and then there used to be the Fuddruckers next to the Comedy Club at Foxwoods when Comics was at Foxwoods yes. before it was Mohegan. And I used to do my shows, and then I'd walk over there, and I would get a disgusting amount of food. 
and sustains. It's 827 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock. Why check out uh, Baxi's musical podcast this week? My guest is uh, Cheryl Pavelski from Omnivore Recordings. She's a woman I've known for nearly 40 years. She's just won her fourth Grammy producing this amazing seven CD box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos. It's an amazing box set. Took 17 years to go through, sort, and produce this entire thing. It's it's absolutely amazing. She talks about that. Some of the other things that uh, Omnivore is releasing, stuff from uh, from NRBQ to you just name it. It's just a great uh, great story. It's all brought to you by Metro Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram and Chicopee, and you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Rock102.com. What a what an accomplishment! Seventeen years. That's she's what we're talking about. she's incredible. There's a, and I've known her since we were both eighteen, which is crazy to me. But she's 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 the real deal. And she's uh, she's a four time Grammy uh, award winner. Yeah. And uh, you know you're not too shabby yourself down here in the basement. Yeah. Don't uh, don't kid yourself. I'm 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 not on the upper echelon of of achievement. What awards <laughs> have you won in broadcasting? That is a good question for me. Well. I don't brag other than the hall of fame thing that happened a while back but uh i am a multi-time uh, winner of the best of the valley advocate readers poll well there uh, you I, mean, go. I know you're it's, that's hey, one behold that and uh, also i believe i won a couple of uh mass live reader raves awards okay also nothing to sneeze at okay <laughs> i'm just saying it's nothing to sneeze at because mass live is digital now but if it was yeah. newspaper you could use it to muffle your sneeze uh but uh you also were like wasn't it like top 100 talkers magazine right mm -hmm. oh yeah so you guys got that but there's no grammy for radio uh, right? not that would uh, would ever be applied to us okay yeah that that usually goes to uh to much different kinds of shows to much different kind of people what's the pinnacle of of broadcast awards you can get and radio i mean uh, you're in the hall of fame right that's the pinnacle uh that's well it's the massachusetts hall of fame oh so you, you want to go the national. national hall of fame that's a big deal okay and I, I, i'm not really uh at that level i mean i'm terrific make no mistake yeah yeah I'm, I'm stuck I'm with bubble, Nagel and I. <laughs> i'm bubbling with talent but it's like uh but uh but that's not uh that's not one actually there is something kind of cool and i want to thank uh, the folks at business west uh for they are going to be honoring us for the mayflower marathon later on this year and they wrote a really really nice article about the mayflower marathon and everything that's in on it so you can go online businesswest.com and uh it's a it's a i'm i'm that's something i'm really really proud of and, and uh you know there's a lot of moving parts to the mayflower marathon as everyone knows but uh yeah they're going to be uh honoring us for uh for that look i'm gonna say this right now all right I'm just saying this. I know you don't. I, you're a humble guy, but you you started that whole thing 29 years ago, right? No, it was started to be for me. But okay, yeah. But, but you've yeah. been doing it the longest of anyone here, right? Sure. Have they ever given you the key to Springfield? Uh, I know it's probably a crowbar, or maybe it's like a. <laughs> <laughs> would you want the key to Springfield? <laughs> I mean, even if you just want to take it for a joyride, I'm not even sure how fast that thing goes. I just, even if you even if you floor it, I feel <laughs> I feel like Mayor Dom Dom could be like, "Hey, you do a good job with the thing." Hey, we've, we've got a couple of proclamations over okay. the years. I mean, yeah, it's like a, you know, like 
Oh, this day it's Bax and O Bax and O'Brien Day, or yeah, you know, you know, Bax Steve and Dave uh, Day, uh, or you know, or you know, your, or Steve is out, so it's uh, you know Bax and Marty Day. You know, it's like uh, that happens from time to time, right? But that's a that's a that's a nice acknowledgement. See, this is yeah, my it's nice, yeah. it's nice. But yeah, you know, I don't. Uh, I'm really just here for the paycheck. You, you know, <laughs> that's the that's really the award that matters. I mean, that's 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 the only thing I'm in it for. You, you know, you know what I've uh, gotten for awards in comedy? What? I mean, very little. The uh, Bud Light Rock 102 Stand Up <laughs> Challenge. Uh, I won that two years in a row until they told me to stop doing it. Let someone else win. Uh, I won the uh, best uh, best. Uh, Com- stand-up comedy for the um providence comedy festival oh that's cool yeah 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 it asked me how how many providence comedy festivals came after the one that i won marty how many pro- comedy festivals came out of providence after that one zero it's now defunct uh <laughs> <laughs> but you put the funked and defunct yeah yes i have yeah, a right. little uh, i have a little framed thing saying i want it somewhere and that's it um i won a whole host of contests with $50 prizes, uh, chicken wings, nice. uh, beer. Okay. Uh, that's it. Hmm. Interesting. You know, if you had ever showed up to like a Rock 102 work release, you could have won the Wheel of Meat, maybe a T-shirt, <laughs> a nice Rock 102 koozie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That would have been nice. But I'm saying that, you know, I get why I haven't won a lot in comedy, but you're actually good at broadcasting. Have you really listened carefully? <laughs> really carefully? Like with a critical <laughs> eye or ear, depending on the, which sense you're getting. I didn't say Nagel's good. I said you're good at broadcasting. I hope Steve's listening. I Let's just, uh, I'm serviceable. I, you know, that, I'm, you know, I'm adequate. You're being falsely humble right now. No, I'm really not. I'm just, I'm, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with what the memo said for management. I, I you know what I think? I think, uh, I think. The next time you go into uh, Evans, yes. I, I think they should sculpt an award out of bacon hash for you. <laughs> like a, a bust of your head out of bacon hash. <laughs> I'll take it. With Max and Nagel and Marty Caproni, uh, Steve is off uh, today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Wednesday. It's time for news brought to you by Noonan Energy, reliable service for heating, cooling, electrical, and plumbing at Noonan.com. Uh, the former long-term personnel director in Agawam has pled guilty to tax fraud more than two years after federal investigators showed up at City Hall with subpoenas demanding records related to their investigation. Colleen Gruska, uh, accused of defrauding the federal government of $261,000 through her tax preparation business, pled guilty to four counts of filing tax false tax returns in U.S. District Court in uh, Springfield. Uh, Judge Mar- Mark Mastriani has scheduled her sentencing for May 2nd. Uh, she officially filed a, uh, a or her cha- filed her change of uh, guilty plea on uh, January twelfth. Uh, she and a second employee were working for uh, Mayor Sapelli's office, were pay- were placed on paid leave after agents for the IRS uh, served the city with subpoenas in October twenty twenty one, demanding personnel records. Uh, her uh, she is charged with lying on her own tax forms. For 2017, 18, 19, and 20, claiming expenses of anywhere between 19000 to 27000 uh, for her tax preparation business, when actually the expenses were about $350 each year. Now, um, I, don't, I don't go to her for my taxes, but I have gone to other people in the past, and I'm not going to name names because that would be indiscreet, but you know, I'm sure that guy knows who he is, uh, who had similar issues. 
in in the tax preparation business, you know, where you know they're 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 doing everybody's taxes, but yet for whatever reason they totally mess up their own. Did, uh, did that to me says maybe it's time to find someone else for a tax prep this year. Did any of those other places you went? Did they ever have somebody dressed up in an outfit, dancing around out front, waving a sign around? No. <laughs> okay. Good. No, right, I have not check. gone. I have just not check. done that. You know, not for nothing. Is that is that some sort of uh, public service court ordered thing uh, to be dancing around like the Statue of Liberty in a major seems like inter- a punishment in seems a major like, highway? Seems like a fitting punishment. Yeah. That's- I mean, I feel I, I I give the guys credit when they're dancing, you know, like when they're like they're really excited about your taxes. If the judge wanted to have some fun, that would be the like for your sentence. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to put on this outfit, twirl this sign around and dance every tax season for the next 20 years. Yeah, this is this is what I want you to do. Yeah. You've uh, you've clearly shown that you're a menace to society. Here's something that's going to humble you for years. We want you to dress in this outfit and spin a sign around while dancing. And you'll be doing it until April 15th. <laughs> Every year. Every year. That's <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Uh, after a fire destroyed a barn and a farm store at uh, Red Fire Farm in Granby on Saturday, efforts are being made to help rebuild that uh, to rebuild everything. On Saturday, multiple 911 calls were received for reported barn fire at the Red Fire Farm on Carver Street. Uh they are looking to rebuild, and so far, a GoFundMe page has been established. The fire was under control after several hours, but the barn that was home to a Red Fire Farms uh, suffered a good deal of damage. Now, uh, members of the CSA pickups, uh, a lot of that stuff will still continue. Uh, but nevertheless, there is a GoFundMe page if you want to help out. Great business. I told you before, that I, I used to stop there every time I drive by because they have real good uh, produce. And uh, they used to have the honor system, which was uh, pretty interesting and neat with the cash box and everything. I was thinking about this after we talked about it the the last break, like an hour ago. After investigating that fire, there's one thing in there that I bet you probably could have caused it, unless they had like a heater or something like that, but I don't think they did. What's that? Um, They had the coolers, you know, that they put like the uh, certain stuff in the coolers, juices, organic juices and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I used to think it all the time because it was dusty in there because it was a barn. Sure. And if you get dust that builds up on the compressors of those coolers, they, it generates heat, just so you know. Well, I mean, I didn't know that you were a, a fire... I'm not a fire marshal. Fire marshal or investigator. Not, a, not but, in the uh, least. Yeah, okay. Well. But I'm, I'm going to call a shot. <laughs> I'm going to make, make a guess. Uh, I wish we could do odds like a Vegas line or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like space heater's got to be number one. Yeah, uh, you know, right. or you know, inattentive cooking. They don't cook it. It's just a barn. Yeah. So, but but like most most fires are like you know inattentive cooking or you know smoking yeah. things or whatever. There's a fire, by the way, uh, going on right now in Montague. Firefighters from uh, multiple departments were called in to put out a fire at a multifamily home in Turner's Falls. Uh, according to the Turner's Falls Fire Department, crews were called in around 10:30 uh, last night. Oh. Uh, upon arrival, heavy fire can be seen up on the third floor. All residents were confirmed to be out of the home. Oh, that's good. That's according to uh, to police. So that's uh, that's good. But you had you had a help from it looks like maybe fifteen to twenty different fire departments. I ah. mean, it was I mean everyone from Shelburne Falls, Greenfield, Irving, Berniston, uh, Sunderland, uh, Amherst. Uh, that's so that's at least. 
10 firefighters out there. <laughs> you got a lot of help. It's a but lot it, of guys in pickup trucks with little red lights on the dash. Yeah, but everybody is everybody is safe, and that's and that's Good. great. Uh, let's see. Six years after she was arrested on sex trafficking charges, Louis Yang is expected to go to trial uh, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow, in uh, Hampton Superior Court. Uh, Yang, along with uh, Stephen Forsley, who is being tried separately, ran a prostitution and money laundering operation at two spas in Springfield. Yang, 67, faces charges including trafficking of a person for sexual servitude, conspiracy, money laundering, and deriving support from prostitution. A judge, not a jury, will decide whether or not she is guilty. And a jury trial has been scheduled for, had been scheduled for May of 2020, but was moved because of the pandemic. Forsley is facing the same charges as Yang, but like I said, his case has not yet gone to trial. He's expected uh, for a status conference in late February, according to his case docket. Well, you know, it's like, uh, remember a couple of years ago, there was a massage uh, facility here in East Longmeadow. In East Longmeadow there was? Yes. Okay. And uh, lo and behold, no one knew, but there were uh, rub and tug, happy ending massages going on in that place. Ironically, across the street (laughs) from Friendly's, where one could also get a happy ending Sunday. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Were you a happy ending Sunday? I was a Mr. Cone. I like the Mr. Cone. <laughs> you know, I, I I was willing to try anything, but uh, I could rarely get out of a friendlies in less than three hours. So it was, uh, and that was after I finished the meal an hour in. It'd be weird if you went to the 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 rub and tug place, and they were like, "We're all out of happy endings, but here's a Mr. Cone for you." <laughs> Ironically, I think you could get faster service at the rub and tug <laughs> than you could at the friendlies across the street. Oh, that's funny. Hey, uh, I got a news break right here by the text line. You do? Yeah, seven twenty nine for a McDonald's egg McMuffin. That is outrageous. You can go to Barstow Farm in South Haley on Route 47 to get a fresh egg bean burrito for seven thirty-five. You know, uh, <laughs> it's good to know. I don't know if after my chicken salad sandwich, I don't know if I got room for all of that. Uh, this is this has shown up in the in, uh, on Mass Live and a couple other uh, places this morning. I've actually been in this house, a substantial six thousand square foot home in East Lamedo on Prospect Street is uh, is for sale. the uh, The asking price could make this the most expensive home uh, sold in the county in years. Uh, it is uh, being listed at $2.5 million. Most expensive home in the county sold in 2022 for $1.95 million in uh, Wilbraham. Uh, it, there's pictures of it. There's pictures of it on, on Mass Live. I've been to this house yeah. a number of times. These are really nice people selling this house. It's freaking gorgeous i only wish they would take a check just uh you know it doesn't have to be good but just take yeah a check. i mean it's a it's a it's a hell of a home but uh that's i saw the pictures of that it is it's an old home right like it's, a historic home it's the old um they I, it, was, it was the old fisk mansion in in east law meadow and uh it's it, it's just a, a stunning home you think well two and a half million dollars who's got money for that uh, someone's going to buy it and they're going to have a real nice place to stay. The grounds are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it kind of makes everybody else's house in the street look like a big booger, but you know, nevertheless, <laughs> but it, it looks like it's on like 
like a mountain or like a hill or something. I just it's got, it's over- got a great view of the, from the backyard, so you can see parts of the valley and all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So or other, got- or you see all the poorer people living in East Lawn Meadow. That's well, which is <laughs> like to look down on them. Uh, that's what I would do. That's yeah. I I would if I had that house, I'd stand on the rooftop with a megaphone, you know, taunting all the <laughs> so, other people in town. It it, it it looks like it has a huge pool in the backyard with a hot tub too. Yep. Yep. And it's got a big garden. Hell yeah, it's got a huge garden. Isn't it nice to look at stuff that we we could never afford in our lifetime? Yep. If if it is sold for two million for at least two million, it'd be yep. the most expensive home sold in Hamden County in the last five years. So I'm trying to think. Well, what else could have been sold five years ago that would have been more expensive than this house in Hamden County? In Hamden County, Longmeadow. You gotta Maybe. go. You gotta go Longmeadow, or you gotta go Wilbraham. Wilbraham on the mountain. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Up there in the mountain, there's some there's some heavy hitter houses. Oh yeah, stuff that we'll never afford. No, no. we're so far, so far, far removed from all of that. Even if these people are, like, you know what, Marty? We uh, we enjoy uh, comedians, so we're giving you this house. <laughs> I, I would not be able to afford yeah. it for one month. Just the taxes on that thing have to be ridiculous. Yeah, but I think if you're at that point in your life, you're not that really worried about the taxes. Yeah, I, I'll never be at that point, so I never have to really worry about it, I guess. Right? I would love to strike the jackpot just for a day. Just the Powerball, just one. That's That's it. I don't, I don't I don't need a lot in my life. No. You know, 6,000 square foot home would be good. I I got lots of I got lots of things. That's actually not even that unreasonable amount of a home. Like you could still maintain 6,000 square feet. When you start getting into these other ones that are like 10, 14, 16,000 oh, yeah. square foot houses. But at 6,000, you could put a Swiffer in every room and you're yeah. all set. Yeah, you get one of them uh, robots there to sharper image. Uh, yeah, a, a Roomba for every Roomba, Roomba and you're yeah. all good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, easy. Yeah. You yeah. can live that way. Yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If these people need professional real estate advice, let's give it to them. You should put Roombas with those listings and throw in some Roombas. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Forget about the Title IX inspection, <laughs> yeah. or whether you got uh, you know appropriate uh, you know, smoke alarms. You put a Roomba, we can make this deal today. Chicken in every pot, Roomba in every room. God bless America. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 36. Tonight, low of uh, 18. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 39. It's currently 26 degrees right now on Rock 102. Associated Electric. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.55. And the Smashing Pumpkins with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock 102. Join uh, Steve and the road crew this Friday from 6.30 to 8.30 at Free Music Friday at the Aria Ballroom at MGM. The Eagles Experience, America's most authentic Eagles tribute show, is going to be there. Stop by the Rock 102 table. You can win some cool prizes. It's this Friday at the Aria Ballroom at MGM with Steve and the road crew. You might want to try to get there a little bit early because it's going to be a busy night in uh, in Springfield that night, but uh, always a good time. At MGM, the Aria Ballroom does a great job with these shows. So, can I ask you: Is the Aria Ballroom sponsored by our buddy there? Is that is that a sponsored room like uh, the Aria? No, no, I don't think so. It's not. It's just their name for it's the just their ballroom. Name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, a good place. Hey, uh, just if you feel like generally abusing us, uh, <laughs> you know, you can send in whatever. Uh, uh, no, I'm surprised. No graphic pictures today. That's nice. Yeah, um, the uh, the Route 10 tire listener line, yeah. 413-293-1021. Yeah, again, I told you, you know, we've had some people uh, send graphic pictures, and uh, <laughs> everyone here can see them 
including the lady that has to monitor all this. The nice pregnant lady who doesn't want to deal with your BS today because she's got a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> Although it would be fun if we wanted to play practice. It's like, today is Speedo Day. Yeah, now, Some but guy no. sent a picture of his bare bottom. Oh, God. Okay. I, I mentioned this the other day. He sent pictures of his bare bottom. I don't know why. And then Aaron tells me after the show, yeah, I, I deleted that those pictures. I'm like, Aaron... This isn't really all about you, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah let the guys have some fun. Yeah, maybe okay? maybe we want to see that. Yeah. The occasional bikini picture, whether it's a girl or a guy with a... <laughs> Nothing wrong with Harry that. Speedo Listen, that's bottom. it. That's it. But, uh, uh, yeah, please try not to do that. Yeah, but but uh, gen the general abuse is that it started really nice this morning. It's gotten more abusive as the show has gone on. Mm -hmm. uh, the latest one I got was, if you guys play Lola by the Kinks one more time, I'm going to drive my truck into the Connecticut River. All right, well, that's, uh, that, uh, that's a bit much. I feel like we should call the bluff and just queue up, <laughs> queue up Lola, and then listen to the police scanner. Yeah, uh, well, we could uh, yeah, yeah, see how long it takes yeah. for his for his truck to be retrieved out of the out of the uh, out of the, uh, the river. I mean, if we have this kind of power, let's have some fun with it. You know, yeah, I mean, if, I, but we, but that's but that seems. Don't you think that would be like a little bit? Uh, I don't know, aggressive on our part, if just somehow, some way that. Lola came up on Rock 102 just to test this guy and his resolve. <laughs> you, we don't think you got the stones, buddy. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we're not on the hook to buy you a new truck. <laughs> no, at we, all. We take zero responsibility for what happens right now. <laughs> uh, so, but if you do need a new truck, <laughs> go see my pal Miguel Aponte at the <laughs> Nissan. Hey, whatever we got to do to push units. Uh, also, a uh, big shout out to Ben, who uh, who wrote in with this uh, helpful critique. Marty, you sound high as a kite this morning, brother. <laughs> no, this is at your baseline. That's my base. I be Buddy, I got up at 4.30 this morning. Yeah. At what time you go to bed last night? 4.50. <laughs> I, I, I never could sleep when I know I have to get up. Yeah, it's not really an all-nighter. you got a good 59 seconds. Right, eh? yeah. I'm like on the tail end of an all-nighter. So, yeah, yeah, I might sound like I'm a little high, but I promise I'm not. I promise. Yeah, you know what probably sounds like I'm high is because we're talking about yeah. fast food so much. Well, you know what it is. I mean, you know, you're you going to be here a second day tomorrow. Yeah. If, if you think you're high now, yes, dude, you ain't tomorrow. heard nothing yet. Yeah, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow you'll actually hear... <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the news. Uh, Marty sounds like Sid Vicious on a bender. Yeah, and, and if you think that I talk about food a lot, it's not because I'm high. It's just because I'm fat, buddy. It's because I'm fat. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we got these coming in. Uh, uh, <laughs> this guy said, please play Lola and send Nagel out magnet fishing. So that, <laughs> that works out. Well, I don't have any songs for magnet fishing, but I can always play Lola. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just... If you close your eyes, you can almost hear the cars just plummeting into the river one after another. It's 9 o'clock with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock 102. Is it snowing in Southwick? Are there power?